gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Hello and welcome to Four Future Considerations, the post Labor Day episode, episode number 149. All of you parents pretending you're sad to see your kids go off to school. As soon as they stepped on that school bus, you pulled out a flask out of your desk drawer, out of your dresser. You took a big giant swig and thank God that you're free for another eight months. Is that right? Guys, can you you stop putting cameras in my bedroom? (laughs) I told you a long time ago, that is not comfortable for me. Just because we live together, Rashad, doesn't mean you can still do it 20 years later. <laughs> I guess it's better than him just standing at the doorframe, but. <laughs> you uh, you guys going to use that? <laughs> Are you guys done making noise? <laughs> you have an exam tomorrow morning, if you wouldn't mind. How you doing, guys? Good. How, was the, how were the girls' uh, first day of school? Excited, but I revved up, eh? But I think it's everybody's like that. Like the girls were up early, excited for their first day. Uh, I don't think it's going to last for the rest of the week here. Fair, fair. Uh, they'll get back to their normal routine and wake up twenty minutes before the bus. <laughs> fair, <laughs> but they they were really excited. Good first day. Good first day. How about how about yours? Ev was good. She was excited about it. She's got a a few uh, friends uh, from the previous year, so that's good. That's great. Yep, yep. She's got a, a, a new teacher she didn't know, so she's excited about that. And, and Crosby goes back next year, so or next week, so he's looking forward to that. He was in the car today. He was driving a daycare. He kind of sat back in his car seat. Dad, I, I miss Evelyn. Already? Like, Crosby, what do you miss the most about him? Just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not word for word. Not for word for word. But that's, but that's basically that's, the message, that's right? That's the gist. Yeah, right. exactly. I, I was picking up what he was putting down, if you know what I mean. Rashad, you have no kids, so what is this like? Um, I I consider today a win because on my way to work, there is a bus stop where the kids are late every damn day and the bus driver will sit there and wait for them for like even a full song. I have sat behind that bus with its lights flashing, waiting for these children to come out of their driveway for four minutes before. And uh, today they were on time. They got right on the bus and away we went. So score on day one of the school year. (laughs) See, everybody's jacked up for year one. That's a heck Day of a one. bus driver that they would wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got, mine didn't. You got about 11 seconds if I'm the bus driver. Mm-hmm. Sure. Most of these guys are volunteers. Like, they're older people that are retired that just, like, th- these guys are, you're holding up a nap. A midday nap is what you're doing. <laughs> Do you imagine, John, some young kid, some punk, some eight-year-old punk that's four minutes late that's holding you up for a nap? Jill's at home. She's got a turkey dinner made for you. It's 945 in the morning and you're waiting on this four year old punk Jaden or whatever his name would be. Oh, yeah. By day three, I'm not even slowing down anymore. I'm just no driving way. right by. That's three, minutes oh, yeah. and, that's three minutes and 55 seconds too long. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not slowing down, picking him up or kicking him off. <laughs> Seriously. Tuck and roll, Jaden. Tuck and roll. <laughs> No, no, it's become a tradition as much as the first day of school. 
is all the parents posting their first day of school pics on yes. social media. Yes, it is. It is. I just want somebody to post a crazy ass picture of the kids disheveled hair. I know. Right. And the clothes are not matching. Yeah. And you know, what I want to see, I love the pictures and, and, and I forget who it was that told it to me that like when they take the picture, what I want to see or what, what, what uh, Elon Musk should be allowed to do or Mark Zuckerberg or any of these guys, I want to see the first, the 45 seconds before that took, picture took place. Right. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Would you stand still and take your hands off your sister? I'm trying to take a picture of the first day of school. Smile. Yeah. That's it's- what I want to see. That's social media. Because I was sitting, I did the same thing. I was on uh, Instagram. I made a huge mistake this morning. Went on Instagram at like 1030 in the morning. I swear I was working. Sure. And, and I'm going through, <laughs> scrolling through and it's like, oh my God, kid. Kid, kid, huge boobs. Send that to Rashad. Kid, kid. Cody Were they Clemens real, being though? a loser. Were they kid, real? Kid, kid, Like, So, like, I really just want to see, like, Rashad from the good old days at Club Rashad, where it's two in the morning. His shirt is half tucked out of his pants. Yep. His yep. hair is disheveled. Yep. Like, that's yeah. a good back-to-school photo. That There's is. a stain. You're not sure if it's urine or just beer. Right? Yep. Like, yeah. the shirt that he's wearing looks like a barber pole. Like, he should be in a barber shop uh-huh. quartet or something like uh-huh. that. <laughs> that, that. Like, that's what I want to see in a back-to-school photo, right? Exactly. Like, let's, let's, we're all on unhappy. Why do we have to pretend that we're actually enjoying this? Actually, I'm thrilled that my kids are back in school. This is great. They're out of the house. Although I am sad that it, what it means is the summer's almost over. I still have the pool open, but the clock is turning, it right? It turned fast, too. S- somebody I'm- in my neighborhood actually closed their pool today. Wow. Wow. That is a little early. Like yeah, there's no. I have no room for pessimism like that. It's September seventh. It's Wednesday, September seventh. Yeah, and you're closing the pool. Yeah, that's yeah, early. Especially down there, you guys are often the warmest spot in all of Canada. Oh, she it's always twenty four degrees today. She always has one more kick in the can for us. Yeah, yeah. it's a big shaker coming up this weekend. Thirteen <laughs> degrees uh, tomorrow night. No, it's not overnight. It? Yeah, really. Yeah. It's going to be cold for the next little bit. Well, I'm going to the Lions-Eagles game in Detroit on oh, Sunday. my goodness. And I want to be hungover because I want to be in the pool all day Saturday <laughs> celebrating the start of the NFL weekend. That's what I want to do. Wait a second. That sounds like a pretty good time. Uh, come on over. <laughs> come on over. Rashad, you're more than welcome to. Big thank you to everyone who has listened at some point. To the past 148 episodes, especially those who have shared their feedback with us, questions, topics, that sort of thing. We always love to hear from our fans. That's been awesome. And you know what? Contrary to popular belief, we did some research and there are people listening and it's not just men. We do have a few female listeners, Andrea and Windsor, Donna and Providence, Rhode Island. I don't know how the hell you hooked up with us and Aaron in, in London. Big fan. 
Nice. And uh, none of the people listed in those females are our significant others. But uh, it's fantastic that we have female listeners because I want to start this debate episode by honoring the Canadian women's hockey team who won gold at the World Championships on the weekend. That's back-to-back world titles for Canada for the first time in 18 years. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. And whenever Canada-U.S. meets, the games are really good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're yeah. great to watch. Yeah, There that were was, some crazy saves in the final minute of that game. That was a great – I'm glad you said that, John, because there was a – that last even minute and a half, two minutes was was awesome. That yeah. was one of the first uh, games when they line it up and when we're talking about betting and stuff. Uh, that was the one of the first ones I think I've ever considered hitting just yes right away to is this game going to overtime. Because that's what you just think right. with Canada and the U.S. Yeah. It's so tightly wound uh, that that those games seem to be destined for that. Yeah, they're just light years ahead of everybody else. Although the rest of the world is catching up, but still, such great games that Canada and the U.S. play. I love it. I love that they have. I mean, they respect each other, but they want to win, and they get a hatred between those two countries for that 60 minutes of playing time. It's so good to watch. It's For me, it's one of the very best rivalries in all of sports is the Canadian versus the U.S. women. Without a doubt. And the flurry at the end is like you're on the edge of your seat, oh, yeah. right? Right? Like it, the whole game is must-see TV if you're mm-hmm. not at the game mm-hmm. live. Like the game is – it, it you can match up any game in the Stanley Cup final against Canada US women's matchup for gold, right? Yeah, it's pretty um, awesome. It's that mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Also, we want to acknowledge the greatest women's tennis player of all time. It's been the most incredible ride and journey I've ever been on. I mean, in my life and I'm just so grateful to every single person that's ever said go Serena in their life. I'm just so grateful because Yeah, you got me here. Serena Williams bid farewell to the tennis world last Friday after losing at the U.S. Open. She is now retired from the game. ESPN says that match was the most watched tennis match in the history of the network with 4.8 million viewers. I was watching it. Serena retires with 96 career titles. 37 Grand Slam championships. She has the record for being the top-ranked women's tennis player for the longest at 319 weeks. We got this question from John and Tecumseh. He wondered if Serena will make a comeback like Tom Brady. What do you guys think? Well, first and foremost, I love that you were texting us in our in our chat group uh-huh. about Serena's match, first and foremost. Not a surprise that you were watching it because we expected you to be watching. After all, you're the big tennis fan. But I sort of got the feeling as I was watching it too that I don't think she's coming back, guys. I think this is it. You know, you, you take a look at other athletes who have tried to make a comeback in whatever sport, whether it's Mario Lemieux in hockey and and um, Tom Brady and, and football, that sort of thing. I think she's done. I agree. I see her maybe opening a tennis academy and trying to train younger women. 
turn maybe underprivileged women, uh, people from poor neighborhoods, maybe um, uh, kids of color, um, educating them in tennis and getting them into the game, maybe doing something like that, some sort of uh, philanthropic endeavor like that. But no, I don't see her coming back. I think she has too much that she wants to do outside of tennis. I think she's given it her all, and I think she wants to close the door on that and just uh, head into the next phase of her life. I hope she doesn't. I just like after, you know, the swan song that you had, it's the U S open, you know, all the praise and everything like that, that, that she got there to me, her coming back would be money driven or, or egotistical or something like that, which I don't necessarily think she falls out of those categories, but I, I mean, you, you have to have a certain extent of that. I, I don't think, I think she is, much more aware than than some other athletes of the legacy that she currently has. And I think she's also smart enough to know what her coming back and losing in the first round and, and hobbling through something would, would look. I, I feel like she's smarter about what that would look like than some that, that do retire and then come back. So I would say no. And I, and I that's more of a hope than a, an, any sort of uh, like, I haven't talked to her this week. She normally messages me before big matches, but I haven't <laughs> talked to her this week about it, but I think she's done too. Um, interesting point though. And let me ask you this. And that was a good question from John. Uh, I know John and Tecumseh actually. So I'm glad he's listening and emailing us. Do you think she has a career in broadcasting? I, I don't I defer I don't know to if she John wants on this to. one. Yeah. I don't think she does either, no, but I don't think so. You know, you played a clip from her speech there at the end at the US Open. Like Brady's already got a TV deal when he's done his career. Like yeah. she could make a ton of money oh, in yeah. broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, there certainly is. They love former players, especially top-ranked players. Um, Caroline Wozniacki right now works for ESPN. Uh, Elena Dokic uh, does uh, Channel John 9 McEnroe in Australia. It, right? Yeah, John McEnroe for years. Patrick McEnroe. Uh, who else? Martina Navratilova. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all these people who have made that transition. I just, I think she wants to get into business or get into fashion or get into philanthropy, I think. I don't see her doing commentary. I think she wants to do all three of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Be hard to say no. And now let's get into the rest of the debate. Are you guys ready for some football? The CFL season opens this weekend. And stay tuned to the OT. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Did you say the CFL season opens this weekend? Did Did I say CFL? You yeah, did. over it. Wow, <laughs> Freudian Z, Rashad. I know wow. where your allegiances lie. Wow. Come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. The NFL season, the B League of football, uh, opens this weekend. <laughs> Stay tuned for the OT later this week because we will broadcast oh, the draft funny. for our podcast fantasy football league we'll release that episode on friday as you get ready for your final fantasy pools this weekend we also received a number of questions about our season picks so fellas let's offer our afc and nfc conference finals and our super bowl picks oh okay conference finals and super bowl picks okay so who's gonna meet in the afc and nfc championship oh my goodness okay well having known nothing about football (laughs) literally Literally nothing. I'm going to suggest 
that the AFC Championship game is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Justin Herbert against Josh Allen. I'm on the Justin Herbert train. That's good. That's good. I like that. And NFC, I'm going to go... Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to go I'm going to go Rams and Packers. Ooh. And I'm going to No Brady, s- huh? No Brady. No Brady. I'm counting on a down year from from Tommy. I think we're going to go we'll have a cold Super Bowl. I think we're going Bills Packers in the Super Bowl. Okay. And because I've got $26 coming to me, no, I, I can't pick the Packers. I'll take the Bills <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. Okay, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Rashad, do you even have uh, an NFL pick since you thought it was the CFL season? That was Winnipeg, Toronto. I'm sorry. I, I do not, actually. I have not done enough homework on the NFL. Okay, CFL guy. Way to go, CFL guy. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I've got the Bills and Chiefs. Ah, in the AFC okay. again with the Chiefs winning again. Ooh. All these Buffalo fans are going to be disappointed. Oh, could you imagine being a member of the Bills Mafia right now? No, I couldn't. Although I'm interested to see what the Bills fan will do in our fantasy football league draft. Oh, is there a Bills fan? Yes, yeah, huge oh, Bills fan. Nice. In fact, he calls himself Bills Mafia. You too. think he's going to take Frank Wright? Oh. With Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly? Ooh, that's amazing. I like it. NFC. I've got... ah, I know. It's tough. NFC. I've got the Buccaneers and the Eagles meeting in the NFC Championship. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on uh, Friday for the OT. (laughs) The Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. And the Chiefs beating the Eagles. Andy Reid beating his former team, the Eagles. I'm not coming over to see that. (laughs) Listen, does anyone get any of these right? Have you been right at all in a Super Bowl pick? No. No, I haven't. (laughs) I haven't either. No. So I'm just picking the Eagles because they're my team. Yep. Because I know I'm going to be wrong anyway. You may as well pick your team. So pick my team. Show my allegiance. Even though I don't have them winning the Super Bowl, (laughs) I have them losing the Super Bowl. (laughs) Losing the Super Bowl. You imagine what a great fan you are. Losing the Super Bowl. At least they got to the Super Bowl, guys. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. So I have a question though. The year they won the Super Bowl, did you pick them that year, Manny? No. <laughs> Not so you at could all. have been right once in your life and you blew it. Oh. And I was as nervous as anyone could be during the actual game. Ask this guy. You should have seen it. I couldn't oh. stop drinking. I, I texted him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can. told you. I texted him. I was like, how's Manny doing? Is he really quiet right now? super quiet super quiet even though there was like 50 empty beer bottles on my bar (laughs) and a couple of empty 40 pound bottles too that was a good time that was great they should get back i'd be excited if they got back to the super bowl i could drink more of your beer (laughs) we'll have uh, more football questions to debate in a moment but i plucked this one out to give you guys a little more time to debate this one the board of managers in college football playoffs 
have voted to extend the playoff from four to 12 teams. We've had a few questions about this one. Do you guys like the expansion? I mean, I don't because I knew this was coming and I can't believe it didn't take that long. I'm, I'm actually surprised it's not more because of the, the money grubbing college football world that we live in. But if you're looking at the, the rankings of the, of college football and when you look at records and, and things like that, like depending on what you're looking at, you're still going to end up with teams that have pretty good records because I feel like there's just such a big gap between the good teams and the bad teams. Like if you're looking at the, the AP 25 from, from this previous year, um, I'm just looking for this, the stats here. I had it up for a second, but you're, you're going to end up having teams like top 12 teams in the playoffs that only have two losses. Like there's, there should be okay teams, but I also feel like the upper echelon to the top echelon is such a big separation that, I mean, you're just adding more football. I'm not sure that these players are really that thrilled about it because they're still in college. But I'm not surprised by it at all. I'm surprised it actually took him this long. To me, it loses a little bit of luster. See, I like it. And I'll go the other way with you. And I know they're talking about doing this in 2026, possibly 2024, Mm. but it looks like 2026. Yes, it's all about the money. And you mentioned it, money grubbing NCAA. But what happens here is now all of a sudden more schools are have a vested interest in their team's performance. Mm -hmm. And having a chance to make the playoff. You're right. It may still be the same four teams that reach the conference semifinals. But there may be a shot where you get an outside dark horse that makes it in. Mm -hmm. And there may be a shot that you get a Cinderella story like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Which is also college sports. Where you have somebody make it. It may not happen right away, but I believe maybe in a decade from now, the top four teams may not always be the top four teams in the conference final. It's possible. And and I love the fact that fans will have a vested interest in this longer. If your team loses one game right now, today, you're probably out of the playoffs. You're done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where now, if you lose one game, okay, we still have a shot, mm-hmm. right? So I love that you're more, you have that interest in it longer. It does give some teams a mulligan, sure. Right. And the fans are into it more, right? Yeah. I agree with Manny. I thought that I wasn't going to like baseball expanding the playoffs. And that's, and uh, I've really enjoyed that, adding extra teams there. And then I was actually going to bring up March Madness. What's better? in March Madness than a humongous upset. And if you get that in college football, I think that would be great. Yeah, like you look at the top 14 uh, or 12 right now, if you were to do just 12 even. It's Georgia against Utah, Alabama and Mississippi, Michigan, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, uh, Michigan State, Baylor, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma State. So there's probably somebody somewhere that's going to upset somebody for sure. And I think if anything else in college football, other than the money or college sports, I should say, other than the money, it's the thrill of the unknown. 
So if yes. you're gonna if you're gonna go in that angle, sure, I'm I'm into it. I just we're extending the season now. We're we're gonna be. I, I think it just makes the regular season even less meaningless. Where you know that one game you lose, your season could very well be over. Now it doesn't really matter if you lose to Ohio State if you're Michigan because you're probably still gonna get in. And it loses the luster of what that game means when they both go in undefeated or one's got one loss or the other one's undefeated or they're one and one where basically that's an elimination game from the playoffs where now they're both getting in. So it doesn't really have that same kind of feel. But Matt, if you lose one game in a season, does that why why should that mean your season is a write off? It doesn't make any sense, but I think that's because of the separation of of the haves and the haves not in, in college football. I, I don't think they've made that any sort of mystery or secret. That you know, I don't think it's good for college football. But I also think the vast majority, and this speaks with no experience whatsoever, the vast majority of people don't actually care about the football game. They enjoy the party. So if they still get to party for an extra week, sure. You know, the Oklahoma State uh, uh, Mountaineers or whatever the heck they're called, uh, they'll be – West know, Virginia West Martin Virginia Day. Mountaineers. Yeah. They'll be excited about it for sure. They get an extra week of tailgating or something like that. But I don't know. Really, like, uh, I think it's very clear you and you're paying a head coach more than most NFL coaches – where the money and where you're actually going to be seeing these final teams is going to be. I think you're just adding a lot more guys to just beat up on on the way through more than anything else. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and now to basketball, there was a blockbuster trade last week. The Utah Jazz sent all-star Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers for three players, three first-round picks, and two pick swaps. Michael and Tecumseh doesn't like the deal for Cleveland. He writes in and wants to know what you guys think. Well, you know, Donovan Mitchell, what has he won? I understand where Michael's coming from and appreciate the question, Michael. Um, What has Donovan Mitchell won? Nothing. He's been a great regular season player. But um, he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. He's a shoot first, shoot second kind of guy, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. And his playoffs against Dallas and uh, his playoff defense against Dallas this year was awful. So I can understand where he's coming from. But I love the fact, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, where Cleveland's like, you know what? We weren't bad last year. Yeah. We were ahead of schedule. Yep. Right? So I'm the GM of this team. Let me support my team and let me make a big time move to help support this team because some of the rest of the teams are in shambles. Yeah. Miami's getting older. Brooklyn, what the heck is going on there? Yep. The Sixers never seem to get over the hump for some reason, right? So I'm going to push my marbles in. I've got Garland, who was great. I got Mobley and Allen, who were great. Now I added Donovan Mitchell. And now all of a sudden, I have a really good foursome there. I have nobody to play the wing. (laughs) Literally no one. (laughs) Nobody to play the wing. But I do like my other four. And the guys that I traded away, 
Sexton, he's a poor man's Donovan Mitchell. I've already replaced him. Sure. Markkinen, he's a nice forward, but I can easily replace him. And the picks? Who cares cares about the picks? picks, Especially in the NBA. Right? So I do like the move for Cleveland. Okay. I do. I think this – I love the fact that GMs are thinking, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to support what I got. It's worth a shot. I love it. I always loved it. Yeah, I like the trend of gutsier GMs these days. They're willing to just go all in and just let the chips fall where they may. This may turn out to be a colossal disaster, but I am going to put everything behind this team and give them that push to see if we can get over the hump. So, yeah, I like it. It's gutsy, but I wouldn't want to be a fan of Cleveland. I'd be pretty nervous about it. Like, what if this doesn't work out? Then we got no championship now and we got nothing in the future. Right. And if you're a GM, just like a coach, Rashad, you're hired to be fired at some point. So make a move, make a bold move. You want to be somebody known for somebody that's making a move to go for it. You're going to get fired eventually for some reason or another. Why not go? You know what? At least I'm going to try. I'm going to make an effort. I'm not going to sit in mediocrity all the time. I'm going to try to make a splash here to support the team and go for a winner. It's kind of like what Masai Ujiri did with the Raptors. You know what? I traded DeMar DeRozan, who was a fan favorite, but I got Kawhi Leonard because I wanted a chance to win a championship, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make a splash. It might not work out, but I'm willing to roll the dice and try to take a chance. And I think that's what the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing here and trying to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Make a splash, roll the dice, because I know I'm going to lose my job eventually. I might as well do it knowing that I made a move that way. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and here's this week's poll winner. This is near the line, foul ground, now Haggerty goes like, oh my gosh, oh, it comes out of his glove. I mean, he was, they call it out, they call it out. Haggerty earned that one. That was incredible. Sam Haggerty of the Seattle Mariners jumps into the netting in foul territory in Detroit, makes an incredible catch, and it was our pick in the Twitter poll as the play of the week. Spider-Man play. He did look like Spider-Man. Yeah, he, sure, he went he up there, too. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't have one favorite this week. I thought all of them were really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you made fun of the soccer play on social media. <laughs> I did, and I took a screenshot on my phone when I voted of what the scoring was. What was just it? Just to see it was did magically vote, changed. Did you vote for Sam Haggerty? Um, what did I vote for? I got to find it now. Rashad, which one did you vote for? I voted for that one. I voted for the uh You the Spider-Man. voted for Spider-Man? I, I just, yep. uh, voted for uh, Jake Nimmo. Brandon Nemo. Brandon Nemo, yeah, yeah. The catch? Yeah, yeah. The catch, yeah. Uh, so the at the time, uh, Haggerty was uh, at 50%, so he hung true. Right? So yeah. there's there's no fake accounts uh, trying to must, drive up. You must have been busy at drive, work this week. <laughs> <laughs> trying to drive up the soccer play. That was a great soccer goal. The football play, yes, the quarterback flipped into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. But – I didn't have one favorite. 
I did vote for the soccer play, but I'm okay. It didn't win. I voted for it just to see you go off. I know. And in the end, it didn't happen. It didn't work. Yeah. True, true victory. We beat a soccer play, everybody. Until next time. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And remember... Vote next week's poll. We are going to post the options on Monday and we'll share the results on the next week's podcast. And of course, you can always get the details on podcast FFC on Twitter. Are you ready? And now it is time for rapid fire. We're going to start with my Vancouver Canucks who signed JT Miller to a seven year, $56 million extension. What do you guys think of this deal? What do you think of this deal, John? We should ask you. I am very excited about it. I am 100% in on this. I am really, really happy to see him locked up for a long term. And I think that's a reasonable price for me. I'm really, really excited about it. So this guy is going to be 37 when this deal expires. You always go to that. You always go to the last year of how old he's going to be. (laughs) He might not be with the Canucks. I get it, but... Yeah, he won't be. <laughs> but I'm always, maybe it's the Miguel Cabrera syndrome that I have, that he's living out the last years of his deal. But we've we've talked about that before. Yes, and I support that. I supported the move for Cabby yeah. to get his deal because he was so awesome. JT Miller has led the Vancouver Canucks in scoring for one year. Because of this deal, they may not be able to sign Bo Horvat. 72 points in 69 games in that year, though. Would you not rather have Bo Horvat? Or would maybe... You're a Canucks fan. Would you rather have Bo Horvat or JT Miller? Yeah, I want them both. (laughs) Oh, you greedy bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll just uh, sign a a hometown deal. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) So, in the grand scheme of things, it's $8 million a year. Average annual... Value, right? Mm. That's pretty good for a 72-point guy, right? Compared with everyone else. So I think the deal is fair. Maybe I just don't like the roster makeup of the Vancouver Canucks, and that's what bugs me. I like that he could play center and left wing, too. That gives you a little bit of versatility. You can fit him in where he needs to be fit in, and that makes it an even better deal for me. And I think you're blowing up Bo Horvat on this. Look, Bo Horvat... I'm going back to 2017-18 season. 44 points in 64 games. 61 points in 82 games. 53 points in 69. 39 points in 56. 52 and 70. He's not a massive difference maker that if you take out of that team, you like. You, it's not like you're taking Ovechkin out of the lineup. Sure, sure. I think you're overvaluing Bo Horvat in this, and I think the deal is pretty good for JT Miller. So I'm not suggesting Bo Horvat should earn $8 million a season. However, in saying that, it's not all about scoring with Bo Horvat. Ask the Canucks fan on the podcast. No, that's Bo true. Horvat brings the other intangibles, face-offs, leadership, um, JT Miller is not a body checker, but Bo Horvat will sacrifice his body. Yeah, yeah. There's the other true. intangibles there. And I said we had a number of football questions. This one is from Jerry and Owen Sound. What do you think of the 49ers keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup to Trey Lance? Do you guys have confidence in Trey Lance? I think this is a smart move for the Niners. It's insurance. 
And at $6.25 million as a base salary, pretty good insurance policy for Trey Lance if he chokes. Trey Lance getting his first real crack at being the starting QB. I still have my doubts about how successful he will be because he is a rookie in the league. Normally we see guys in their second and third years really do well. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, just to provide a few examples. I think this is a great insurance policy for the Niners. And if Garoppolo got cut, he was getting zero. So at least he's getting some money here. And if he plays... That six point two five million could become fifteen million with incentives. I don't understand this from a few different angles, and the first one I'm going to take is Trey Lance. Why do you care that they signed Jimmy Garoppolo back? What have you actually proved in this league, other than nothing, that they shouldn't get an experienced quarterback who they're familiar with in their scheme? to be there in case something goes wrong. You're being uh, – he's sour that they is, signed this uh, this deal. Is he sour? Garak. That's what I've seen. I've seen a couple of, of quotes and a couple of articles about it that he, he didn't like it or he, he felt like it was uh, – it, it didn't sit well with him or, or whatever, ex, 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 however you want to describe it. But, guy, no one knows what you're going to do. Right. So you've got a guy who's been with the head coach for a couple of years – if you look at comparable backup quarterbacks in the NFL, probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I mean, why would they not sign him? Beat him for the job and you don't need him. Stay healthy. And who cares about Jimmy Garoppolo? I think it's perfectly normal for the 49ers to at least pick a guy that they're familiar with to be their backup in saying, Hey, Trey, this, this car is yours. You, you can drive this thing, but if you drive it into the wall, I've got a guy that's actually driven this car before and we're going to save our season because we're in a hell of a division and we still got a pretty good team. This is a, a pretty bold move for the 49ers to hand the keys over to Trey Lance at this point. But to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around, I think, is a no-brainer. Do you have faith in Trey Lance? I wouldn't have faith in any rookie quarterback. Okay. I, I don't. I, a rookie quarterback in the NFL, I think, is, is the most volatile, vulnerable, there's no way to predict how this is going to go position. So why wouldn't you get an older, experienced quarterback around that – you should, number one, want to learn from, and number two, when the wheels fall off. The NFL, everybody's very quick, right? Chicago and everybody like, week one, you lose. Oh, where's Justin Fields? We want just, hang on a second. We're still trying to win football games. We've got a guy that's won football games, that's won a lot for us. Of course, why wouldn't you keep him? This is Trey Lance's second year, so we'll see what he does. We have another question from Steve in Midland about the Denver Broncos giving Russell Wilson a five-year, $245 million contract extension. Steve wants to know what you guys think of that deal. How old is Russell Wilson going to be when this deal is over, Manny? <laughs> you knew I was going How old there, is right? he going to be? He's going to be 40. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's 33 now. He's got two years left on his current deal. And he had another five more years. It's going to take him to 40. Now, Tom Brady is playing into his 40s, but Tom Brady is a unicorn. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not everybody's going to be able to do that. Yeah. Granted, in saying that, 
This is a bold you, – you talked about a bold move by the Niners. This is a bold move by the Broncos to pay a guy who's never played a serious down for you. They just mm-hmm. traded for him in the offseason, and all he's done is played practice and exhibition. Yeah, He hasn't played a real down for you. I think this is a little bit risky for the Broncos. And with two years left on his current deal – I don't know what the rush was to mm-hmm. try to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic. Oh, you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> the deal itself at least gives the team a pretty friendly contract for the first yeah, three yeah. years of the deal. Yeah, yeah. So you need to build this up. Is Denver going to be a Super Bowl team in the next couple of years? Maybe. Maybe. So now you've got this guy locked up. You know who the quarterback is going to be. If you're interested in in joining the Broncos, there's at least some stability there. So, I mean, he's – look, as much as you don't want to admit it, and I think Russell Wilson ultimately is one of the most underrated, disrespected players in the NFL, I think he's still a top six or seven NFL quarterback – you know how expensive quarterbacks are. This is actually a pretty good deal for a quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, if it if it extends the duration of it, we're again getting into the same spot. The next couple of years are when they're committed to, to Russell Wilson and to winning because we know what the end of that contract is going to look like. So, I, I mean, the, the player's got to get his. The team's got to show the commitment to the player. It is what it is. I I don't think it's that bad because there's still some flexibility in that cap. And we got this question from Dave and Cremor about John Gruden, who wants another chance to coach in the NFL. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like the emails are shameful, but I'm a good person is uh, I think what he said. Guys, Dave wants to know, do you think he'll get another chance? John's a good person. He gives half his money to charity. And he gives the other half to destiny. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> you, you go up against the shield. You're not going to get another job in the NFL. Like, he's going he's gonna to have to maybe get a job in college football and turn a program around for even an NFL team to consider him. He's not getting another job in the NFL. Like, I don't even think he's that good a coach to begin with. (laughs) He didn't do very much when he was with the Raiders. Hell, he passed on Tom Brady. Right. So, I mean, what I I think of it in this sense, you're an owner or you're a general manager and you've got an opening for a head coach. How thin is the list of people that you're willing to look at that A, John Gruden is in there, B, John Gruden gets an interview, and C, you're like, nope, that's the guy. That's a, no, I'm not worried about any – that's the guy. He doesn't stand a chance. He's not going to get a college job. He's going to be a broadcaster, and, and that's going to be – I that. don't even think he's going to be a broadcaster. Like, I think his broadcast career is definitely over. A hundred percent. I think he has a better chance at getting a college job (laughs) than he does at getting a broadcasting job. I didn't say he wasn't going to be on CFOS. (laughs) 
are are the Hamilton Tiger Cats still looking for a coach? <laughs> Maybe he could be a marketing marketing specialist. <laughs> well, he's good at networking. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. We've received so many submissions from our call for pre-90s party music to see if these uh, songs still hold up today. This one is from Kevin in Godrich. That song is Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners, released in 1982. So for Kevin, if you hear this song at a party today, are you pumping it or are you dumping it? Let me go first, guys. This song is extraordinarily overrated. I am dumping this song hard. Okay. Wow. Okay. Actually, I think this was their only hit, too. Uh, Is this a one-hit wonder? Absolutely. It was a swing and a miss for me. Okay. Rashad, (laughs) what do you got? Uh, I uh, see. I'm kind of neutral. I'm gonna. You guys are gonna laugh, but I'm gonna give it a slight bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Let's go. Love this moment. <laughs> you know, I like the song now. <laughs> see, like this seems like it needs a beer rating. Like if I if I just cracked open a new one, I'm probably dumping it. Okay. But if I'm like seven to ten beer in, right, then I'm pumping it. Six forty five, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I'm <laughs> pumping it. Okay. Like I think this one needs like a. So this is a a late bar anthem for you, right? Okay. Like if if I'm into it, if other people. Uh, you know, you're having a good time. You've had a few drinks. Yeah. You're into the party and yeah. this song comes on. Good. The beginning of the night. Nah, I'm not into it. No. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, no, that I, makes sense. I get it because yeah. I can envision us in, enjoying an evening and, and this song, like I, I'll sing this song. I know the song. I'll sing the song. If we're out, would I ever select playing this song? Absolutely not. If you were the DJ. Absolutely not. So it's a beer goggle song for you, man. Yeah, that's a good good way of putting it, Rashad. That's a great way of putting it. This is a a 10 at 2 and a 2 at 10 song. Right? (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that one? Love it. And Rashad's giving it a slight pump no matter what hour it is. <laughs> hey, it's two. You gotta. You don't want to go home empty. Uh, like, no, on. hey, hey. It's, it's two is a two. As long as both are real. <laughs> <laughs> and that marks the end of our debate for this week. Oh, wow, that's it. Another good debate. So much to talk about. But as Rashad (laughs) mentioned, stay tuned to the OT on Friday as we will broadcast the live draft of our fantasy football league 
hosted by For Future Considerations. In the meantime, if you somehow are able to squeak out time sitting back and drinking out of your flask because the kids are at school, <laughs> check out our previous episodes from Wild Debates to Ian Kennedy joining us to talk about the Hockey Canada scandal, to talking to former NFL or NHL tough guy Nathan Parrott from the week uh, that we, speaking of wild stories, shared some wild stories from the week before, from the NHL to Russia and everything in between. Some wild stories indeed. And those are the ones he said he could tell us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And remember to follow us on our social media accounts, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook. And if you have any show or guest suggestions or questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. And we want to thank our sponsors, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic, who will never say no to a two at 10. Next level athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport <laughs> training and nutrition. <laughs> He wouldn't. No way. And there's no, no way. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on the OT for our draft on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.